Hello, ladies. The Big Balboski here. And right now, you're listening to the Matt Madness Podcast. They talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. Talking all of this madness. They Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Ron Pashery. With Senior. me this week <laughs> are my good friends. Junior. Junior. <laughs> yes, Ron Junior Pashery. Okay, let me start over then. <laughs> I am your host, Ron Pashery Jr. With me this week are my good friends, Ek Two Fly, Eric Trembicki. And, Here to sell. <laughs> and Mr. Wednesday Night Live. We call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo. Aaron Lloyd. Um, subscribe on iTunes. Five star ratings and reviews are greatly appreciated. Uh, first thing I want to mention this this week. Uh, obviously not a high note, but I believe we we had in the group chat uh, it was announced that Edge would not be at Icons in Philadelphia on December eighth. I just saw the story today that his mother passed away. That's why he, I guess, is taking some time off. So obviously, heart goes out to Edge. Uh, losing a mom, not a fun thing at all. Uh, I can say that from personal experience. So thoughts are definitely with Edge. Uh, and I guess as good of a reason as any to not show up to the ECW arena. Um, another thing I, I want to talk about. the best about. reason not to. Yeah, it really is. Um Another thing I wanted to touch on real quick. Did you guys see that Paul Heyman volunteered to be the advocate for Conor McGregor if he ever came to WWE? I did not see that. I did not either. So can I just say, like, all right, dude, then I might as well just volunteer to be Braun Strowman's muscle. Like, (laughs) Conor McGregor, that's his strength. He does not need anyone to talk for him. Why would they need Paul Heyman to be his advocate when he's a better talker than anyone in the company already anyway? Do either of you think that that is a stupid idea or even a stupid offer? Well, I can see why he would say it. It is kind of there for good publicity. And Heyman, yeah, Heyman's a great talker, and Connor would not need him. But, I mean, I would compare that to Heyman being with Punk. Punk didn't need a mouthpiece, but it worked for the time being. That's a good point. I guess the only argument I'd have to that is, like, Connor's personality and talking is like why he would be there. So like why take any of that away from him? Um, but that's the first thing I saw. I was like, all right, dude, that's like the last guy that needs somebody to talk for him. Um, and one last thing that I happened upon on wrestling Twitter, uh, <laughs> Vince, everyone's favorite home. Yes. Vince apparently does not want Chris Jericho involving himself with, all Elite Wrestling or whatever the hell they're calling it because he said it is his creation. And Vince, let me tell you, I was a Jericho-holic way before you ever got your hands on him. So you are not the guy who created Chris Jericho. Chris Jericho is the guy who created Chris Jericho. Any thoughts from you guys on that? Um, I, I can see why. Uh, it's definitely got to be some fear to uh vince i think vince definitely looked at it the beginning of this year when jericho was going to go have his one one off in japan and he'd be like okay cool you know that's that's my guy he's going there 
But then he goes out and he has two or three more matches with New Japan. He does that run in at All In. He has the Jericho Cruise and he keeps doing these other wrestling related things that just were everything was successful. And I'm sure Vince just thought, uh, uh, you know, he'd probably be back for Mania. We might have him for SummerSlam. And that's not what Vince got. So I'm, I'm sure this is something that. Vince doesn't like the idea of, I'm sure Vince doesn't want JR involved with it. <laughs> you guys know I have cultivated a character and a gimmick as the anti-Indies guy. But I would love, more than almost anyone else, to see Jericho go join forces with those guys. <laughs> I really want to see them try to take down WWE. Alo, what do you with, think? Yeah, and um, to go off what Eric said, I just don't think Vince expected Jericho success to be that big this year because like you said he supposedly had that one off with kenny at wrestle kingdom and then he goes back and ends up winning the iwgp the iwgp ic title and he does all in and the cruise vince is just used to him coming back all the time whenever he wants but now it's like all right chris you can stop playing now come on back (laughs) home but that's not the case anymore with him now so vince is kind of like look i god damn it i created you (laughs) <laughs> you know it's just it's like we all know vince is very petty and he can't he doesn't know how to take l's but i just think vince was just like okay chris you had your fun come on home now because even he, he's also even a on wwe tv too because he was at the great the great rumble in april so i think vince is just like okay jericho stop what you're doing just come on home make it easy on yourself so i famously or infamously maybe like a year ago moved jericho up to the top spot of my all-time favorites. If Jericho continues to have fun, as Alo put it, I might just make my Rushmore a one-man, a mm-hmm. one-man chiseled carving on the side of the mountain and be Chris Jericho if he just basically flips off Vince. Because <laughs> now you know what I'm having fun with, doing what I want to do. With the idea of Jericho being involved in a high high volume capacity, not like a Brock Lesnar schedule in New Japan but like a high-level capacity in this startup company. And with a week like WWE just had this week, I mean, I can see all the reason why you finally turn on them. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I'll tell you this right now. If Jericho became like a full-time talent, I would strongly consider deceasing our WWE discussion and solely covering all elite wrestling. (laughs) And I think everybody would probably be happier. Now, to, our ratings are going to go up. Yeah, to, piggy, <laughs> to piggyback what you said about Jericho being your Rushmore just being Jericho, there's a Jericho crew neck coming out with the faces of Jericho, with all the incarnations. Out. Sorry, yeah. So you could have four. You could pick your four incarnations you want in your Rushmore. Yeah, Jericho. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to buy it. Uh, Eck sent me a picture of it. I think it was either on Black Friday or maybe the day after. And I was like, oh well, that's a a must have for me. Um, and it's not a WWE product, so I feel perfectly confident and comfortable. And the, pro- the proceeds go to di- uh, th- not diabetes. It, it, is it, it juvenile goes- diabetes? That may be it. Yes, 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 that is what it is, juvenile diabetes. I believe his son has it. So for a great cause as well. So, yes, I am definitely exactly. buying that shirt. Don't let me forget I need to buy that shirt. Um, okay, so now moving on to some actual – WWE stuff. I'm glad that's what you call it stuff because it was terrible. (laughs) Yeah, I wanted to get to like the kind of bigger picture stuff and be be a little bit petty myself. Um, So 
Becky Lynch, and I don't know, I, I may have said this before, but I don't think I said it in these words. The, her the last month or two has managed to capture my attention. And, and let me say this. You guys know better than anyone the last year and a half the superstars I've gravitated towards have typically been like the silly ones or the goofy ones or the ones that nobody else really likes. Like I've been championing our truth for how long, uh, unfortunate now, but I was the one guy when everyone was tired of Ellsworth who was still fighting for James every week. Regrettable now in light of recent events, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Jordan, who I deemed my favorite wrestler for a few weeks before he got hurt. But Becky Lynch has managed to capture my attention in a way that Sasha Banks did in NXT when I started watching again. And that is about the highest praise I can give anyone. Um, And even just to like encapsulate her greatness right now. And I know you guys have seen it. The poll WWE put out of the best men in WWE history. And they had listed the macho man, the big boss man, the million dollar man, the boogeyman and the man, Becky Lynch. So like she has even been so good. She got herself on the best men in WWE history poll. Am I overstating her greatness over the past two months? No, I don't think it's really possible. And unless the only way it could be overstated. And and this may even be an exaggeration unless we do a full episode just about her. Like we did for Roman. That may be the (laughs) only way we overdo it. Which I don't, I don't think we're about to do that yet. A few things would have to happen before we dedicate an entire show to a Becky Lynch retrospective. Alo, am I <laughs> overstating it? No, you're not because Eric uh, – even last night, Eric in a group – said in a group text that I posted the uh, the women's title ma- title match for a TLC on, on IG last night. And Eric didn't watch SmackDown at the time. He was like, oh, man, I, I got to watch SmackDown. I'm like, look, open a segment and that's it. There's nothing else to see, and there really wasn't at all, except for Samoa Joe. Not, 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 the, not the whole segment, just Samoa so Joe. So the show was bookended with the, the two best yes. things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, I, and we, we, I'll get the Raw later, that crap. But, yeah, Becky has been keeping my attention on Tuesday nights. It's one thing I look forward to, and even um, – I'm not don't I don't mean to go completely off left field, mm-hmm. but uh, we have the award show coming up in the in the next month or so, and uh, I was trying to get stuff together for as far as nominees, mainly a lot mostly mostly matches. I think everything else was pretty simple to do, whatever. But we don't cover NXT like we used to, but NXT has ran WWE out the water as far as match quality. We we always we always know to expect that, but. Even going down like my list that I have, I think I only have maybe two WWE matches. And the rest is all ran by NXT. WWE is not doing anything really well to garner my attention. And then at the same time, all year, the women have been excellent. They've been the standouts throughout the entire year. The men have been horrible. I understand the <laughs> WWE. I understand the men. I understand how WWE is. They're like trying to like position the women on the same level as the men. But the women, I think they've been hitting out the park all year, and like we all, we all understand what they're doing with Ronda Rousey. We understand that, like she, she, she's the focal point right now because, because I, I know Ric Flair said that she might be on a one-year deal a while back, but you're going to take what, what he says with a grain of salt. Right. But 
at the same time, the way they position her and push her so quickly, you have to believe that that is a one-year deal because she was put in title scene almost, almost immediately. So she's kind of like holding her, but she's she's actually holding her end of the bargain, even though it was holding other women on the, on the roster back. But Becky Lynch, even though she had a, a late start to this year, she's a, she's a candidate for Superstar of the Year. She's been excellent, and she's been the only thing to actually look forward to on Tuesday nights. Agreed. And... It's funny because the brand split is will it be two years this summer? Next summer this our current summer will be three. Yeah. It'll be three full two. years? Yeah. Wow. Um We're we're teetering on two and a half. Okay. So if you think about it, just in the time of the brand split, they have made Alexa Bliss into a star. They made Carmella into a star. They I mean Think about like how far Naomi has come in that time. Um, Asuka, I feel like she's kind of gone down since she got to the main roster. But like Becky Lynch now has become the biggest thing in the company. Ronda Rousey exceeded everyone's wildest expectations. Who who on the men's side have they gotten to the point that they've gotten all those women that I just mentioned? Like who has had a breakout like that? What Elias and Braun? I, yeah, I would say I'll give you those two, but they still haven't really done anything. Right, exactly. So like <laughs> they're intriguing the, parts on the show, but they haven't done anything. They're the only two you can make a case for, and neither one of them has broken out to the same level. So like that tells you everything. And I don't know if it's like a conscious decision. I don't know if it's different people. You know, because I, I can't even say the writing for the women is good because they've done a lot of horrible stuff. But I don't know if maybe the women are just. You know how, like, Stone Cold will always talk about, like, oh, you got to be hungry. You got to be trying to get to the top. And maybe the men, like, don't see the opportunity to fight their way to the top. And maybe the women just do. And maybe they're putting in a little more effort. I don't know what it is. But it's, like, a clear difference between the two. Like, one side is generating people that we care about and the other side just isn't doing it. Yeah, and then one thing is, like, piggybacking about the women, the women have had the title – I think we've all been a fan of what they've been doing. Like a lot of people, they felt a weight about Car- Carmella's title reign. I loved it. Oh, that, I can't thought, say nothing bad about yeah, that. Yeah, like, I thought she was a, a must see on SmackDown the entire time. Alexa Bliss, I I, I was a fan of her in NXT. I thought she was going to be a star no matter what. She's she was champion for almost what two years, last two years practically, and she's knocked it. She's knocked it out the park. So everybody that's been given that title has been in position to succeed, but. On the men's side, as we always say, Brock Lesnar, universal champion. He comes, he comes, he co- he comes and goes whenever he pleases. AJ Styles has been WWE champion, th- WWE champion for the last year, so no, nobody's even been given the opportunity on the men's side to actually take the ball and run with it. Only person that really got it on the men's side was Jinder, but he wasn't like fresh out of NXT. Right, and and nobody liked it really. <laughs> yeah, like nobody, nobody Definitely. was happy about it. Uh-huh. And, and to piggyback on Aaron with, with the Carmella thing, I think Carmella was – I wouldn't say to the extent because it's, it's only going up with Becky. But I would put her almost similar to Becky where I thought she she carried that show for a while. Yeah, because Carmella – I was doing not show nominee uh, – award show nominees the other night and I put Car- – like I didn't know what to do for talking about this Madness Award. And I just – because we usually do five nominees. I just do both of them in there and we have six. I don't really care what people think. I'm adding the seventh nominee. 
who I think Ooh. the real winner is. I think the Talking All This Madness Award should go to the Matt Madness Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> well, they win then. How about that? <laughs> well, that's getting my vote. Uh, it's going to yeah. be a write-in if, if we're not on the on the ballot. <laughs> yeah, and then another thing is, I'm not, I can't remember if it was JR or CM Punk that said this, but I read that they said that WWE, they're getting all this extra TV time, but they're not developing anybody in the extra TV time. Punk they, said it. Okay, that's what I thought. And then they're just using this all this extra TV time to to bring in old people, older the older people that we don't need to see who don't need the TV time because they're made guys. Right. Yeah, there's like no reason to, to do it. It's not helping anybody or anything. It's not even helping ratings because ratings are lower right now than they were this time last year. So – what what they're doing right now is not working as far as TV ratings, but as we talk about all the time, it doesn't really matter because they're still going to be one of the top two or three shows in their time slot when they're on because nothing else is getting great ratings either. Um, what do you guys think of the Asuka, Becky, Charlotte, Tables, Ladders, and Chairs match coming up at TLC? It definitely sounds interesting. I like the element of those three for a triple threat match, especially if it's a gimmick match, because don't can't really think of any involving weapons or in the main roster that we see in Asuka, and I can't even think of one from NXT. Uh, I think she was in like a fatal four-way match, but with completely different people. So this this is uh, this is different. I just think they were going to throw this at us. So I, I like this. Well, I'm glad they actually threw Asuka in there because when. They announced that it was going to be Charlotte versus Becky at TLC in a TLC match. I was like, okay, they're making it a little bit different. But then I'm glad that the rest of the roster did come down. I had a feeling it would be Oscar or Naomi. I'm glad it is Oscar because Oscar, Oscar being inserted, we, Charlotte versus Oscar is a match of the year contender. Charlotte versus Becky in the last woman standing is a match of the year contender. So Oscar being integrated with those two, I think is going to be really well. Now I'm going to admit. I'm on your territory now when it comes to cringing. So like I, I, <laughs> I cringe before it actually happens. Like I'm preparing myself mentally for it. And we've seen these problems in women's matches, these hardcore women's matches with problems with um, the the weapons not giving, the tables not giving and stuff. So I think it's, I just say I'm very interested in this match because it is a TLC match and it's the first woman match ever. But the element, the danger, the dangerous element of it is what I'm like terrified of. But I do think this is actually going to lever, and this is actually good for Asuka because Asuka's been nothing since WrestleMania. She's been tagging with Naomi for the last few months, and her being in the t- title match and not actually taking a pinfall in this match will actually elevate her. And being in the middle between Becky and Charlotte, it will also elevate her. Have we seen Becky and Asuka together before, or no? No. Okay, I didn't think so. Not one-on-one. Now, is this the opportunity to get the title off of Becky to lead to her ascension at the Royal Rumble, or no? My, my early statement on that would be yes, and I think it should go to Asuka because the, the crowd kind of turned back in Charlotte's favor at Survivor Series, but I think they're going to turn on her if she's the one to take the title back from Becky. I right. think the safe way would be to get it on Asuka. Because she should have had the title by now. And this is the right time. Yeah, what do you think, Alo? I don't know. Because the way the division is set up, it's, nobody's been put in a position to succeed. Because for the last few, since August, it's been 
Charlotte and Becky. And nobody else has been put in position to succeed. Carmelo's been doing the mixed match challenge thing with our truth. As much as over as that is, that's not that's not for her good enough for her character to be elevated back into a title scene. You could throw Naomi in there, but other than that, what have they been doing? It's just been tag matches since August. Right. Now I had something else up next to my notes, but I might as well just segue this into Alexa being put in charge of the Raw Women's Division. Uh, what are your guys' feelings on that? Well, I I would have loved if um, – well, we don't know if Braun's going to be ready to go at TLC, but I would have loved if Alexa just became the whole GM of the show, period. <laughs> and I definitely pull a fast one and, and take it right under Corbin's feet. But I I, I, I think Alexa, like, she's one of the people that can knock anything out the pocket you give her, even, like – the dreadful Bailey, this is your life thing. As much as we hate, hated that Alexa, she did her best to make it work. And you can arguably say that she kind of did, even though how terrible it was, she delivered it as best as she can. Uh, I don't know what the hell they're doing with Sasha and Bailey. Cause that was horrible, but I don't have a problem with Alexa. Oh yeah. You didn't anymore. like that, that nothing it, segment. It was so bad. And then like the whole God, him, I was like, Oh my God, what the hell are we doing here? <laughs> and then uh, I saw a tweet that said, um, so Charlotte and Becky get TLC matches and Sasha and Billy could sell Christmas merch. <laughs> and you know what? That's exactly what it's about. <laughs> That's all they care I, I, about. I get it. I get it. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that like, like I'm breaking new ground saying that it's just like, that's all they care about. They don't care about anything else. They don't care if Sasha and Bailey have a good story, they don't care. None of that matters to them. They know they're both going to sell merchandise, and that's all they're concerned with. Oh, we got them to a point where they're going to sell shirts, so we don't have to do anything else with them. That seems to be their main goal with everything. Um, and I guess the other the other thing that happened with the Raw women was Ronda and Nia having their segment – I feel like this was actually worse than the Sasha <laughs> Bailey segment. It's neck and neck. <laughs> <laughs> A photo finish between these two segments. Yeah, because uh, um, Santa season is here for me mm-hmm. right now. So uh, I went in at 6, 6 a.m. on Monday. So I woke up around 4.30. And um, I fell asleep around 9 o'clock. And I would like wake up sporadically throughout the night, and, and like I woke up during doing during certain points of Raw. So I woke up during the Seth thing, the Seth match, and then I woke up with the tag title match, and then I was just knocked out after that. And in prep, was said, "Alo, now it was looking good, but it was horrible." And I watched it after that, and I was like, "Oh my god, this is so bad." And that Ronda wasn't the same since she faced me. I'm like, what are you talking about? She won the title. She's undefeated. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> that makes no sense. And and then it's like they kind of like – they had Nia talking for a while. She said she was stolen, which I did like that part about it because as bad as it was, I was that bad at that moment. It got that bad at that moment. But I'm not – I'm sure the match will be fine because I really did enjoy the Ronda versus Nia match at Money in the Bank. I know you feel the same way. And that's also a women's match of the year contender as well, even though it wasn't a finish. But 
that segment was so bad. It really was. It was terrible. Um, it's funny how much we love what's happening with the women on SmackDown and what's happening on Raw is like literally the exact opposite. Like there's nothing I'm excited about. Eck, do you have anything you're excited about with the Raw women? No, 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 no. There's nothing on Raw I'm excited about. <laughs> and the only, only thing Raw's doing that intrigues me is their mid card. They have a mid card? <laughs> <laughs> the Intercontinental Championship at TLC. That's the only thing I'm looking forward to. And, and to piggyback what I said about Ronda earlier when we started the show, I don't have a problem. Like, honest, Ronda's exceeded everybody's expectations, but the fact that she's this global phenomenon star from the UFC or in sports entertainment, whatever you want to call it, that's holding back the Raw Women's Division because – Pash, I'm sure me and you are on the same level as Sasha Banks. I might be a little lower than you on it because she, she's one who got you back into wrestling. But right. Sasha Banks is my favorite women's wrestler. And I love Bayley. But look what they're doing. And Ronda being a champion is putting is holding the rest of the, the division back as well. Like Ember Moon. Ember, Ember Moon's been excellent since she's been up from NXT, since she got called up from NXT. But with Ronda being a champion right now and being – and getting all the shine, that's putting a hold on the rest of the division. And I, I'm sure we'll st- I'm sure if Ronda wasn't around, we'll still be like, what the hell's going on? But at least some of these women will be actually put in better positions to succeed. Right. There's likely there would be at least one story that would matter. Yeah. Like Ronda's stories do matter and do matter. I'm not saying that, but it's just the fact that they put, they put her in a prime position right away. You know, like I said, I think – when Flair says she's signed a year contract, you might the way the way they book her and the way they position her so quickly kind of make, makes you feel makes you feel that way that maybe she is only around for a year. And I remember her comments that shows she, she wants to start a family soon, so she's not going to be around that long. Right, like so, they're like we got to get it all in now while we can. Yeah. So, like, but there's also the rumor that she's enjoyed this enough that she may want to do another year. Yeah. So yeah, and then like. It, it just puts a hole on the – it's like she's like kind of like the bizarro Brock Lesnar. Like you're, she's there but it's still putting a hold on the rest of the division. Yeah, and then, it's a shame. Yeah, and to be honest, like I don't know if evolution even happens if, it, if they never saw Ronda Rousey. <laughs> I never really thought of it that way but that's actually a good point. Like oh, now we have the big star. Yeah. Let's do it. Um. Yeah, Eck, I'm with you. Not, nothing exciting to me with the Raw women or much of the rest of the show. Uh, Braun is a baby face again, I guess. <laughs> He's, he really is a modern-day big show. <laughs> I, I do want to say, though, that I do enjoy the little tidbit of Braun, of Baron Corbin saying our match is still on at TLC, and if you yeah. can't go, I win by forfeit, and I'm the permanent GM overall. I do like that little twist of it. Like, obviously, being the weasel that he is, he would yeah. take that victory any way he could get it. Yeah. So I got Raw streaming live Monday night, and we get that segment's on, and a um, close friend of mine, Raul's over here watching the show with us, extremely casual fan hasn't really tuned in for over a year and he's just like i hate this guy why is he in charge i hate him i hate him and i'm just <laughs> like 
dude, I can't believe he's going to sit here and drink a couple beers with me for three hours and watch this. I was like, <laughs> he'll, he'll never, never want to watch wrestling again if he watches this. So I was just like, he's like, you know any matches that are going to be on tonight? Is there anything that's going to be good? And I look at him. I got a blank stare in my face. He's like, what? I was like, I'm turning this, I'm turning this off. <laughs> You're like, honestly, no. <laughs> I was, so, so I popped on, I popped on uh, the most recent takeover, and he enjoyed it. Which was, is, man, that was really good. Which is very telling and uh, not unexpected. Yeah, I'm not passionate. I know you don't really watch football anymore, mm-hmm. and I don't, I don't. I don't think Eric's a casual football fan, but only with the birds on. Yeah, what mm-hmm. what they're doing with Raw, they're shuffling around these guys more than the Eagles secondary right now. <laughs> Solid. And the crazy thing is, the Eagles have no choice but to do it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And it's like, like I see like Bear Corbin with uh, Bob and Galloway, and and then the week before he's with Ziggler and Galloway. And like, what are you doing? Like, and then now they're trying to put over a lie. Like they're trying to like ingratiate Elias into this thing, and then, and then Finn Balor. I'm like, what are you guys doing? <laughs> to make another sports analogy, I think pretty much across the board, everyone is in agreement that the talent in wwe like the roster is the most talented it's ever been right i think we're all in agreement with that yes so it's almost as if they're the golden state warriors and trying to run out a lineup uh, a starting lineup of like sean livingston patrick mccall (laughs) jordan bell like that's almost what wwe is doing like they have all this talent they have kd they have draymond they have steph they have clay (laughs) like you know what let's sit those guys on the bench and let's throw sean livingston out there to run the show (laughs) like that's what it feels like to me that they're doing um oh yeah raw sucks um (laughs) (laughs) you mentioned samoa joe and do you think samoa joe has do you think that there's something about him that they're like, you know what, we're going to let, you know how like we've talked about like Cena being allowed to do things other guys weren't or like Roman being allowed to do things other guys weren't. Is it just me or is Samoa Joe a guy that they seem to have decided we're going to let you do stuff that other people aren't allowed to do? Yeah, I think so. I think they let him stay stuck because they're like, well, you know what, give him a win. So we'll just let him talk as much as he wants. He's just going to lose anyway, so let's let him say whatever the hell he wants. I love that that was yeah. like my compliment yeah. to Joe, and Eck was like, don't compliment him. They're only doing it because he's only going to lose every match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree because he's been – he's become – he's there. He's WWE like, – WWE, they've had these kind of superstars throughout the years, but he's like their utility person. And whenever he loses, it doesn't mean anything because he, he'll, he'll get his respect right back. And that's how they view Joe because Joe's been excellent. Yeah. Um, now, what did you guys like? How did you guys feel about? Because I didn't see that coming at all. Like, at all. I don't know. If, now, I didn't watch the the show in its entirety, so I don't Neither know if I. it was like. I don't know if it was like teased in any way, shape, or form. But like Joe coming out there and saying the things he did, I was like, whoa. Took like, and it's not often that I kind of get caught off guard. But him to say I was just backstage popping bottles, I was going to bring one out, but I figured having champagne anywhere near you is probably not the best idea. I was like, damn, they like yeah, really, really sure. went for it. Um, 
and yeah, not, nothing was advertised about that. It was just celebrating twenty years of Jeff Hardy. <laughs> yeah, and like I have no desire to see like a Jeff Hardy program at this point, but like Samoa Joe is just so good. I'll get interested in <laughs> anything he does, and like that hooked me in immediately because it's like, oh, they're talking about his real life problems, and like Samoa Joe is the the one guy that can like pull this off in this way. So like, has, have either of you seen anything about a plan they have for these two or it just has kind of came up out of nowhere and we don't really know what they're doing. I think they needed, you know, cause Jeff's such a fan favorite. They needed someone to put him over. So I figured Joe was the easiest way. Yeah. That came out of nowhere. Cause I figured somebody would come out, but I wasn't sure who, but anything, anytime Samoa Joe touches anything, I'm interested because he could knock anything. Like I said, like we said about Alexa, he's the one of the guys that could hit anything out the park. Yeah, and I guess the other the other cool thing about it is like a lot of Jeff's problems were like really kind of public and known during his time in TNA, and Joe was there at that time. So like it's I like that they actually have that relationship and they're calling back to it. Same, definitely, Same. definitely agree on that. Um, SmackDown. This is the only other thing I have for SmackDown, so you guys could feel free. And I have one other thing from Raw. Um, Randy Orton. No, <laughs> never that it will never be in my notes. Um, so I just have to, to say, I got a, a nice laugh out of the Miz saying he didn't know that the new day were Mariners, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what they call fans of the Marine franchise. I thought that was hysterical. I loved it. I loved, uh, that they found out Biggie actually secretly was a Mariner at the end of the segment. <laughs> And, like, the stuff with Shane, I, I, I do think it's funny. Like, that Miz is taking this very seriously, that they're, like, a team now. Best, they're besties. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I appreciate it. Do you guys have any feeling good or bad on, on the Miz and Shane? Well, I just hope that it's – well, the Sheets are reporting that they're testing out a face turn for the Miz. And I'm telling you right now, don't do it because the Miz is the worst baby face of all time. Do you think there's any chance that he would be better at it now? It depends how he go pl- plays off about it. If he does it in a similar what similar way to Elias and just runs down the person that he's facing, then fine. But playing to the crowd and stuff, it wasn't the Miz's thing when he turned face about five, when he was faced about five years ago. Yeah, like we I are- definitely think he's capable. We all know I don't like the Miz. I actually do think there's a chance he would be able to do it now. Um, I think a, a good way. You know, I think they're definitely overplaying the low blow right now. But if he were to do like a little homage to Eddie and like cheat to win, but in like a funny way, like the crowd's already cheering. The crowd's already cheering for him until he starts coming at the crowd. Right. So if he just comes at his opponent panders to the crowd to get them to join in on it but like not overly pander to them just like yeah what do you think about this go in (laughs) with it and then in a match like if he's got a championship match and if he you know uh what if he's going to hit him with the title the referee's there and he he falls something like that something like (laughs) what eddie would do i mean i think it's the way he you know he was the heel i don't know what seven years ago when i started watching wwe again and i didn't think he was great as a heel but seven years later, he's obviously doing his job as a heel. So maybe he's got a better chance as a babyface now. And, and when you when you do see, you know, speaking of the Marine, 
he plays a baby face in that movie. <laughs> so he plays a baby face in the movie. And then you, you, when you see him do stuff like in the media eyes and he does like stuff for charity, you know, he's a likable guy with those kids. So I, I do think maybe seven years later, five years later, however long it's been, I think he's got a shot. I do. And I, I do like that idea of like, let him still cheat. But like, as long as it's almost like with the wink of an eye, like I know I'm doing it and you guys know yeah, I'm doing it. Exactly. As, as long as it's not like the low blow. Yeah. Like if he's, you know, maybe, maybe I, I don't know if like the tights are like using the ropes really work, but maybe like using the ropes and he kind of like laughs about it. Like he uses the ropes, he wins and then he goes out and high five some little kids in the front row. Yeah. Like if that's the bit, you know, like, I, I do think we did that it. works. We did it. It was me yeah, and the kids. Right. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I do think that that works. And I do think, like, he's been around long enough, he's done enough, where I think he gets a little more rope than some other guys would get. And I do think, don't get me wrong, I do think they could royally mess it up, but I do think he has a chance to make it work. Um, the last thing I had from Raw, well, two things really. Seth and Ziggler, like, I don't need to see it ever again, in all honesty. They're both good. Like, their matches are fine. But, like, I, I don't care. Go ahead, Ayla. Yeah, now, <laughs> now, see, remember last week I talked about how I think it'll be – Dean versus Seth is not about the IC title, and it wasn't again this week. It was about Dean getting a flu shot. <laughs> <laughs> and a rabies shot and a dysentery <laughs> shot. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so – when I got when I saw that Seth was defending the IC title in an open challenge, I was like, okay, this might be where Dean calls him the title. And I'm like, okay, I wonder who the hell is his opponent going to be. And then Dolph Ziggler comes out with his Jim Carrey smile, and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm going back to sleep. Oh yes, we're, do, we're getting a, an IC open title challenge. Oh, we're just getting Ziggler again. Yeah, it's just it's like like that was the spot to intrigue me, or get the title off of Seth, but. Right after Ambrose's flu shot promo, or before the Rollins match, they mentioned they showed the graphic for the IC title match. I'm like, okay, the title's not changing hands right here. And then when Ziggler came, I'm like, oh, it's definitely not changing hands right here. So right. it's just this show is so stagnant. It's it's so bad. <laughs> well, I mentioned last week how like I was watching Dean talk, and I was like, this guy is so talented, and I don't know if he's if he's gotten like the proper recognition or has gotten to shine the way that he can like that vaccine segment, I feel like could have been like, it's a stupid segment, but like he actually made mm-hmm. it work. Like I actually was entertained yeah. by it, but it wasn't good. Like it wasn't a good segment. He just did it really well. So Eck, as the top Ambrose guy on the crew, how do you feel about the way Dean is being used? I'm I'm loving it. That's why I said I'm looking. For, I'm enjoying the mid card on Raw. There's that clearly nothing really going on. Like there's I don't know. Did Shinsuke do anything on SmackDown? Even if he did, he didn't. <laughs> so I mean, the uh, Intercontinental Championship may not be the focal point of this Dean feud, but uh, Seth's still out there doing something with it. Seth's still out there being the best pro wrestler in the world. So I'm, I'm enjoying what's going on with it. Uh, is, is Dean and Seth, they're the only reason to tune in a raw. If you ask me, yeah. that's why when I, when I turned raw off, I was like, are, are you sure? Don't you need to like watch it for your show? I was like, I just need to know what two guys are going to do. And it's going to have to do with a, a white leathered belt. But I, <laughs> he just sat there confused. I was like, don't, don't worry. I'll find out later. Don't waste any energy thinking about it. 
<laughs> if you don't have to, don't. Um, do either of you have anything else of note from either show that needs to be talked about? Not from either show, but I do have a quick spoiler that I know you'll enjoy. So you nerds that don't like spoilers, <laughs> just fast forward about a minute. Yeah. At TakeOver Phoenix, has just been confirmed that Shayna Baszler's defending the women's title against Bianca Belair. Yes, that does make me happy. <laughs> it's funny. Before we started, I was thinking about it, and I was like, I wish I had watched a little bit of NXT so I could bring up Bianca Blair, Belair on the show tonight. But I was like, I, I, there's no time for me to like try to work something into the show now. So that's great. I mean, she's not going to win, and she's going to not be undefeated anymore. But like, <laughs> I'm happy that she's finally going to like get put into the spotlight because she that's where she belongs. Like she belongs there and it's good to see her getting a spot there. And I guess like that'll go a long way toward determining like what is her long term. What do they do next with her? Yeah, yeah. like if if she goes there and she kills it and obviously she's going to get get a good response because the crowd typically will respond to someone like her. But I do think that that's going to be like the catalyst to like make her one of the faces of the NXT women's division. I actually think she maybe get a call up soon. So you don't think I, she's going to have like an NXT career. They're going to like, Nope, we need her up here. Yeah. No, no, it's not even that. I think she kind of has like that Alexa effect. Cause remember Alexa, she was just blinking Murphy's manager for the most part. She did wrestle and stuff. I thought she was good, but I think Bianca Belair, we talked about it in the May Young classic when she debuted, she just has it. And she gets it, and in a short amount of time, she she does she has the, the total package. And I think Vince will actually like her look, and I won't be shocked if she gets called up sooner than later, without even winning winning the title. Selfishly, I don't want to see that happen because <clears throat> for the right reasons. Yeah, I don't want to see it happen because like I want to get to see her have an amazing run before they, they destroy make her. her just another person who just comes out and doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Like, I want to see her get that opportunity to be really good. And if she goes up to the main roster, I don't trust that she, she will ever get the main that opportunity. You, she's forgotten about within a year. But if she has a four, five, six-month shine in NXT, you remember it forever. Exactly. And if – so, you know what? I may make a vow right now. Knowing what I know now, I will – probably make a point to watch nxt every week solely to see how that story progresses has that like started has that started on their weekly show yet or no no the tapings for the tapings i guess leading up to uh take over phoenix well let's say the tapings leading into january were were tonight so that spoiler just got leaked out okay so starting next week theoretically or within two weeks we'll start to see okay so, yeah, leading up to that takeover, I will watch at least one segment of NXT every week. Did you catch Velveteen Dream versus uh, Ciampa? I didn't, and I need to. I do need to watch it. I keep forgetting about it. Um, He's I a better Hogan than Hogan, if you haven't <laughs> seen anything. Uh, so I saw the look, <laughs> and I saw, like, a couple clips, like, on Twitter, as people do. Uh, but uh, Eddie Aguina, friend of the show, brother of... Preptagon Jr. Josh Prepagina uh, wrote a review of NXT TakeOver on his blog a couple weeks ago. And I told him, like, the only thing I care about seeing is uh, Patrick Clark. And he kind of said, like, that is the thing 
that you probably are most going to enjoy. So I do need to watch it. So maybe that'll be something I'll talk about on the show next week. Yeah, I don't do Halloween, but that gave me a Halloween idea. (laughs) I don't do Halloween until now. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Um, Wait, uh, I'm not dressing as Hogan. I'm dressing as Velveteen. Yeah. <laughs> Pesh, uh, be, before we keep going on, since we're on the topic of NXT, now I'm guessing so you don't see anything from um, War Games, correct? Correct. What is your your thoughts on just because I kind of know where Prep and Aaron stand? Mm-hmm. What's your thoughts on Shane and Baszler so far from what you've seen? So, if you guys remember, and you may not, because it was a while ago, I was like really excited to see her in the Mae Young Classic last year. And then when I actually saw her, I was wildly disappointed because I was like, ah, she moves so slow. All of her movements look unnatural. Like, I expected a lot, and I got none of what I expected. But she actually got better over the course of that tournament, and I think she has continued to get better. And also what I really like about her is she has like a similar she gives me a similar feeling to when I watch Samoa Joe now she's not on that level but like when I see her like I believe that what's happening is real uh, I agree I that's wholeheartedly the biggest compliment agree 100%. I could give someone like her like that's what she's there for she was a real MMA fighter like had a long career so that's the main thing for her is like you need to believe that she is threatening yeah. and you do yeah, I, I agree. And like one thing you said about like how from the start of the Mae Young Classic to the end, she definitely progressed. Mm-hmm. And I would say within the, the year since the, the first one, she's progressed a lot. And between her and Kyrie Sane, I think they're either four or five singles matches now with each other. And it's one of the few times, I mean, you just, when we we're just talking about the Intercontinental Championship. You're just saying Seth Rollins, Dolph Ziggler. I never need to see it again. <laughs> For whether let, let's go, let's take the high road. Let's say Kyrie Sane and Shayna Baszler have had five matches. If that's the case, I've seen all five of them. I, I'm ready. Like go put on TV right now a live match of them again, and I, you got my attention. Uh, that may that's probably up there on like my top two favorite matches from War Games. Again, it's only a five five match show, but. Uh, I'm, I'm a big fan of both of those girls. It's in your top five War Games matches. <laughs> well, no, no, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. No, it, it's in my top two. Which I'm I don't think you said two. top That's five. I just thought it'd be funny to say that. It's definitely um, in my top five from that show, <laughs> from that five match show. I, I would, I would put it in. It, I think there's definitely a Kyrie Sane, Shayna Baszler match in my top five women matches for the year. Well, Kyrie, Sa- well, um, Shayna Baszler is a uh, breakout star of the year nominee. Cause she's, I, I think she's like you said, she's been, she's really believe, she's been believable, and she does have that Samoa Joe factor. Yeah, and I, like I said, she doesn't need to be like an electric personality or have this amazing deep character. She just needs to be like good in the ring and like scary. And when she's in the ring with somebody you're rooting for, you need to feel like, how can they possibly beat her? Like, and she comes across that way. That's what's important for her. And coming back from New Orleans, I rode an airplane with her, and I seen her eat. She's scary to watch eat. <laughs> so she's intimidating in all walks of life. All walks. <laughs> I, I appreciate that you asked me that, though, because I, I do think that she um, she has come a really long way, and she deserves credit for it. Uh, are we ready for Pash's Indie Inquiry? Yes. Okay. Alo, do you want to introduce it? Yes. So this week's edition of Pashas in the Inquiry, we reviewed we're, we're, we are reviewing Nick F. Engage versus former 
world's heavyweight <laughs> champion, David freaking Arquette. Bro. Bro. <laughs> um, I'm assuming you both watched it or no? I, I got to watch it while doing stuff. Um, I do need to sit down and watch it in its entirety, but from in passing watching it, I enjoyed it. Um, there's, you know, it's, I can see why you, I'm going to assume you don't, and I'm going to understand why, but <laughs> I guess I got, I got, I got stuff about it I don't like, but I got more that I, I liked than I didn't. Okay. Ayla, what were your thoughts on it? <sighs> As my adopted niece would say, <laughs> it was different. <laughs> um <laughs> Uh, I enjoyed the story they try to tell about like kind of like David Arquette's redemption story and him coming back to wrestling and being the former world champion uh, on commentary. They did say that um, during his title run, he donated each of his checks to former world champ, I think deceased champions families or something like that from along those lines. But he did a good job of telling his redemption story. I thought uh, David Arquette is horrible <laughs> i was like oh my god like a couple of times he tried to flip over the ring flip, flip over the ropes wasn't working uh he stumbled off the top rope a few times and uh the light bulb spots they were rough i know you said you you weren't a fan of death matches or anything like like the anything close to this correct but, <laughs> like, I, said, I thought it was different that, that's that's all i could really say about it and uh, i love the Joey ryan interference <laughs> I thought that was fun, but yeah, it, it was different. That's so, all I could really say. I want to, I want to go last. I got another note for it, but okay. So I have three positive things to say about it. One, Alo. So they did say that that all of his wrestling checks he donated to the family of deceased wrestlers, which I respect that. So that's one positive. Two, I respect the fact that David Arquette does not have to do this and like he put himself through that like i at least respect like the the toughness that it took to like put himself through it and i don't even remember what the third one was anymore so we'll just say two (laughs) there's two positive things about it uh okay the third positive thing is that eventually it ended um (laughs) i hated it uh nick cage no thanks i'll pass doesn't do it for me. Don't like him at all. Don't like the the gimmick. I don't like the the crowd response to him. I don't like the way commentary talks about him. Like nothing about him. If I never see a Nick Cage match it Nick Gage match again, uh, I like I'll be Cage happy. better. Yeah, and I hate Nicolas Cage too. But I'd rather watch <laughs> I, Nicolas Cage wrestle. I know that's my point. <laughs> um, my least favorite actor as well. Yeah, I don't like him at all. But I'd rather see him wrestle. I I don't like the death match. And yeah, David Arquette, like, you're not a wrestler. Um, you're not good at it. You shouldn't be doing it. You don't belong in a ring. And because of your inexperience and inability to do it, like, you almost seriously injured yourself. Um, so I do want to chime in real quick on yeah. that. So just because I've heard, uh, you know, I've read his statements, or I've heard a lot of interviews that people have done that were kind of there with it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'm, you know, I'm no like 
David Arquette advocate. I'm not, You're not a mark for David Arquette. I, I enjoyed the Scream movies. I don't know if it was you, but someone recently said, I wish he died in Scream. I, I said that last Jeez. week when this was um, announced. <laughs> so, so my thing, my thing with him, um, I just, I, I respect his fandom. I, I want to start there. I want to like, I respect that he's a fan. That was the other positive. He, he, he doesn't hide that at all. So, and I'm, I want to go back to that, but the, the one thing I wanted to mention, uh, someone said in an interview, like, you know, he's, he's a grown man. He didn't, he didn't have to put himself in this match because he, he, he said that he's like, I didn't realize this is going to be what the match was going to be. Like he didn't, he didn't realize that the light tube spots happened the way that he did. And, you know, like he, he did get seriously hurt, but somebody Xbox specifically was the one who s- stood up for him and said, he's like, he may be a grown ass man, but people, people take advantage of adults every day. Um, something you and I and countless of our listeners can listen to people have go to jobs that they don't like, but sometimes you got to do stuff at your job. You don't like sometimes you, it could be the first thing you do when you, before you leave or the last thing you do, or it could be right in the middle. But he was signed up for a show he didn't realize it was going to be a death match until the weekend of. And it's just one of those things. Like if you talk about, you know, a lot of us were on the show. We're always talking about back in our heyday when, you know, wrestling was at a better point And when wrestling was better with this, wrestling was, you know, at this. But you always hear the wrestlers talk about when they got injured and they continued through the match. Or if they were given a storyline and they didn't, weren't comfortable with it, they went through with it. Because if you didn't, what spot would you get next? So it could have been something like that. Like, hey, look, this promotion, if he goes on and he has this death match and he does good, Lord knows what they do with him next. So he kind of just went along with it. Um, it, We started off earlier in the show talking about Edge and he's not going to be at Icons uh, or in the 8th in Philly and he's not going to be at House of Hardcore. You know, I'm definitely not putting – he is another former world champion. We're going to keep talking about world champions here. But are we not going to get David Arquette at House of Hardcore now? Oh, he's supposed to be at House of Hardcore. Yeah. He's supposed to be in a, a tag oh, match God. with um, why? For what? For what reason? I guess he's just check, uh, checking off buildings. Who doesn't want to wrestle in the ECW arena? I'm saying, why is anybody letting him wrestle? For what reason does that guy have to wrestle? <sighs> <laughs> Continue. I'm sorry. <laughs> I hope it happens even more now. I want you to pull a six five and throw a chair in the ring. <laughs> <laughs> Different is Pat will be upset when the when the security guard says something to him. <laughs> <laughs> if he hits him with the promo laugh. <laughs> oh, that would be too too good. <laughs> um but no, Eck, that that was actually the third positive that I forgot. Like I I do at least appreciate that this is a guy who actually does genuinely love wrestling and i have to at least respect that too i I mean i said this last week on the podcast and you know i'm sure i said this the first week of september when aaron and prep and i reviewed being at all in but i and we all for our loyal listeners and for our new listeners just a reminder i'm probably the biggest drinker on our cast of uh podcasters here 
So got pretty tuned up at All In, lost a bag of merch that I, I purchased there. So I was like, you know what, All In, once in a lifetime thing. So I got the All In logo tattooed on my leg for uh, my leg sleeve. So right before I get the tattoo done, uh, the guy's like, yeah, you're going to be up in like 40 minutes, this and that. I look over on the table, David Arquette's getting tattooed right before <laughs> me. So I'm like, all right, that that's kind of cool. Like it's not like it's it's not like it's – just some other mark. It's not like it's just another fan. There's David Arquette who's been in, I don't know, TV shows, movies. Is that he is a former WCW USA today, former WCW (laughs) world heavyweight champion. He get, he gets a tattoo of Ric Flair. Then the one and only X two fly gets all in logo tattoo. And then after it, same tattoo artist, Tessa Blanchard gets tattoo. So, I mean (laughs) that, that tattoo artist had what, what a threesome, a banner day. (laughs) And I also I look at it like the, like David Arquette is somewhere someone recently I've used an example where like if I'm talking to someone that has never been a fan of wrestling, not a casual fan, not someone that hasn't watched it since the '90s, not someone that's never watched it since the '80s, people that have never liked it, like they say to me like, "Oh, you still watch it? Like, does anyone still watch it?" And I was like, "Yo, you know David Arquette? Yeah, I was mm. really a fan." <laughs> That man's out there actually wrestling, and people are just so confused by it. So, I mean, <laughs> I tip my hat to him because, I, you know, it's something he wants to do, and he's out there doing it. It may not be good, but obviously hasn't done it, I guess, for 20 years, 20 well, plus. as Vince Russo famously said, whatever it was 18 years ago, like, he gets attention, and he still is getting attention for it. So, if that's his biggest claim to fame is he gets attention on wrestling, <laughs> he's still doing it all these years later. And Nick Gage – I'm pretty surprised I'm half, half agreeing with something uh, Vince says. By the, by the way, I'm all in for Ready to Rumble 2. <laughs> is that a is thing? That happening? No. Uh, no, they made a co- couple comments during the match. Oh, this isn't Ready to Rumble 2. <laughs> but yeah, just in case anyone missed it, Nick Gage, go the hell home. Um, <laughs> and, and specifically talking about um, you know people not liking wrestling, I mean – I don't even think the person that directed and financed and produced Ready to Rumble, I don't even think he likes wrestling. <laughs> right. right. Um, so, I mean, like, if you look at, and I, I get it, WCW was a Southern crowd, but if you go watch Nitro, it looks like normal people. You go watch Ready to Rumble, there's freaking hillbillies in the crowd. <laughs> that is very true. Um, we have any. That's still a guilty pleasure. Yeah. No, have... I, watch. I, I haven't watched it since then. <laughs> Do we have any listener questions? Yes. We have a question from the Godfather, Joe Lafferty. Is the women's title the main title? Uh, yes. Or in SmackDown, at least. Or oh, SmackDown. Yes, the SmackDown women's title is the main title. It matters the most. It has the biggest star in the company holding it. Uh, it is the thing everyone is looking forward to most every week. So, yes, it is the main title. It's on the show every week. Like, yes. Main events, main event segments. Yeah, it, it is. Does it anyone is. does anyone disagree? Not here. Nope. All right. Thank you All for right. that laugh. And that him, <laughs> him asking that question makes me think he thinks it is too. Uh, oh, yeah. We love what he thinks. <laughs> I believe that is what he I'm, thinks. I'm patiently, waiting. I'm patiently waiting for his return. <laughs> All right. He's, he's big time this this year. <laughs> so, uh, chalking up <laughs> one for the good guys. But, uh, champ, go to hell home or eat romaine lettuce. 
Okay. <laughs> Brock should eat the romaine lettuce. <laughs> Drake, Drake Merrick pee jokes. Okay. Raw. Okay. Raw as an entire show. <laughs> yes. Okay. Raw's already eating romaine lettuce. <laughs> Repetitive mashes. Oof. Oh, God. Okay. So what is the first one? Drake Maverick P jokes. No, it's, it, what, it, what is oh, it champ. called this week? Okay, champ, champ, champ go, go to hell home and eat romaine lettuce. Yeah. Okay. Oh God. So none. Yeah, none of those do I really want to like give the title to. If I had to, so it's Drake Maverick P jokes, raw and repetitive matches. Yes. So. Hmm. I almost I almost would be tempted to go Drake Maverick champ, but like you guys know I love jokes and I love silliness and that to me was bad joke and bad silliness. So I don't want to give it any credit. Ouch. I guess I'm gonna go champ repetitive matches because even though it gets annoying and tiresome, there are some matches, as Eck mentioned, the way he feels about Shayna and Kyrie Sane, it's not always a bad thing. So because it's not always bad, I'll make champ repetitive matches. It's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> go the hell home. I will make the Drake Maverick pee jokes because I hope I never see them again and he could save them for when he's in his own house. And eating romaine lettuce, I'm going to say raw because I want them to get E. coli and I want them to die <laughs> a slow, painful, torturous death. Is that all? That is all, yes. Okay. So, yes, champ, repetitive matches, go the hell home, Drake Maverick, I, pee jokes, I got one romaine of these, lettuce, raw. I got one of these, like, champ, romaine lettuce, fire for laugh when he comes back. Okay. <laughs> I look forward to what it is. Um, yeah, all right. So we have a question from Kevin Fenty. Okay. All right. Any thoughts on CM Punk indicating that he'll be interested in having dialogue with the elite in terms of him joining their room of promotion? Also, I got my best friend Ariel to tune to the podcast. He really enjoys listening. All right. I so. got to take this first. So okay. I'm pumped the most here. <laughs> um, first off, Kevin, tell Ariel I said what's up. <laughs> second off, <laughs> second off, punk, punk? She's listening. Punk, uh, Ariel. Yeah, you don't have to tell her. <laughs> Ariel, this isn't like I Rihanna miss, where we know you. she's not listening. <laughs> I miss you. But besides that, for with punk – Punk, he, he's a real complex with how he does the dialogue because he always keeps saying – he said this before All In. He said it after. He's like, you know, I never got an offer, never got an offer. And then he tried kind of making a little jab at Cody saying – he's like, Cody tried saying in the public eye that I was offered. But he's like texting and calling me and saying, if you want to come out and do something, you can. He's like, that's not an offer. Um, I guess I'm still optimistic, you know, that we still see Punk out there one day. But I don't think within the first two months of this becoming a thing, unless they're working the hell out of us, I don't think we see Punk in it. Um, I'm the most optimistic person in the world about him. (laughs) I don't know because Punk is a different kind of beast (laughs) when it comes to (laughs) communication. He's a different kind of guy. So if he's saying that, I I don't know. But – I think it would be a huge get if they actually did because that would give them the the buzz from the wrestling community. They that do they that 10 turns calling them. 
<laughs> and also, and also, Kevin, from experience, besties that listen to podcasts together stay together. <laughs> all right. So, Kevin, first of all, thank you for spreading the madness. We appreciate it. That is why we anointed you the international <laughs> ambassador to the show. Uh, thank you for the question. So, my feeling is one, I hope he does it for the reasons you guys stated, like generating that buzz and helping to elevate them even more. The reason why I think it is realistic is, one, those guys know the buzz that would generate and know the popularity it would give them. But also, this is like the thing that I think Punk could sink his teeth into most because he knows this would piss off Vince and Triple and Stephanie more than anything else because he knows that they know how popular these guys are and the buzz that they've gotten. And if Vince is mad at the idea of Jericho doing it, imagine how mad they will be to see CM Punk show up there. They got CM Punk. (laughs) So personally, I would love it. I hope it happens. And I do see a path to get there. I think they would obviously benefit greatly from having him. And I think he would love to rub it in WWE's face that he is. And honestly, his MMA career has to be done. So like... Why not go back to this thing that he loved for so long when he will get to do it in a way that he probably loves it with these guys? So I think it makes sense for everyone involved. Um, and above all else, I miss you, Phil. I miss you. <laughs> yeah, his first match in, in uh, All In Wrestling could be against Mike Jackson. <laughs> and get it'll be like Hogan and Warrior, get his win back. <laughs> yeah. um, are you ready for Stump Alo? Actually, I got another question. Oh, okay. This is from Josh Prep Igina. Okay. As you like to say. Mm-hmm. Who from the Pasha's Indie Inquiry segments do you think could play a future role on the main roster of WWE? So I got it. Well, my first thought is a guy that I believe I said I could see as like a future WWE guy when we reviewed it, which is Walter. Um, he's obviously got like the size. He can actually wrestle. Uh, he's got like a little bit of a following, so that's like the first guy that jumps out. But I like <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid, but like I could see Orange Cassidy being on there and being like a comedy character on there. <laughs> and you guys know I love that type of character more than anyone, so I'm gonna say either Walter or Orange Cassidy. What what are your guys take on it? All right, so <laughs> since you said yours is crazy, I got crazy. <laughs> so. <laughs> So Walter, and I don't know if it's true or not, but they're saying Walter's heading to the NXT UK division. It's not main roster, so I don't think it will be him. But unless I heard Prep's question right, just you know, make an impact on the main roster. Pay-per-views are main roster. So surprise entrant at the Royal Rumble comes live from today's Indie Inquiry. We get... David Arquette, former <laughs> WCW world champion in the Royal Rumble. The, the internet, the mainstream media, Twitter, all goes nuts. And then three months later, he goes into the celebrity wing at the Hall of Fame. Hmm. <sighs> what a story. Now, does he it's, win, does it's, he it's win the Royal Rumble and dream. become a former WCW world heavyweight champion and a WWE champion? No, no. He's a uh, second to last person eliminated. <laughs> Right. Makes it to, you know, they always make a big deal about the final four. Yeah. He makes it to the final three. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. 
Well, um, I'm going with MJF because I think he could be like on the Miz level, like, like like he could knock anything out the park. So I'm going with MJF. Uh, although, I almost said him. Although I don't think uh, the casual WWE audience will understand a lot of his heel tactics. Like I don't think they'll understand a wrinkled suit. <laughs> You're right, but no, I could see him thriving in that in that company. Um, all right, do we have any other questions? Nope, that's it. Uh, all right, so you ready for Stump Alo? Yep. Okay. So, Cyber Sunday 2006 included a four-team Texas Tornado tag team match. Please name these teams. Was this for the tag titles? Uh, I don't believe it was. It lasted four minutes and 28 seconds, so if you blinked, you might have missed it. Was it for the tag titles, though? I don't think it was, no. Was Spirit Squad in it? Okay, it wasn't for the tag titles then. 2006, terrible year for tag teams. <laughs> uh, the WWE, Highland- every year. The Highlanders, Highlanders were one, yes. What the hell that? Uh, right, so it was a paper, it was a raw pay-per-view. No, actually, they were, no, were they doing brand specific or did they stop doing that? No, they were still, they were still brand specific. So it was the Highlanders. Uh, they weren't, they weren't. Crime time? Yes. So you got two of the four. He's a beast. <laughs> He's a dog. Hacksaw and Eugene? No, we'll okay. give you we'll give you eight guesses like we did last week too. Okay. So you have two out of three. You said the Spirit Squad wasn't in it. We're not in it. Kate and Murdoch. Yes. So you have three Why out of four. <laughs> so you have one group left to get. One pair left to get. You have four um, guesses left to get one. At this rate, the next team's going to be named Billy and Gene. <laughs> there is also an extra credit question, too. Okay, and then they... So it was a raw paper. I'm going to get double points at this rate. So... Because <laughs> those were, like, the only three tag teams on the roster. <laughs> <laughs> That's a shame. Because the Spirit Squad, they, they lost the titles to Flair and Piper that night. Oh, six. Yeah, laugh theorized you might get this one easy because he thought you may have this one on DVD. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I, I didn't buy Cybers. I hated those pay per views. If you ask is, me, that, is the extra credit, credit, did you own this one on DVD? No, no, it's a different question. <laughs> You just 2006? 2006, yes. <sighs> Wasn't the heartthrobs, was it? Who was in the heartthrobs? Two bums. That's what. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. 
It's those guys I know. It is guys you know. And, yeah, and they're not listed like as a tag team. They're listed as two separate individuals. Okay. You said it was a hacksaw on Eugene. You have three three guesses left. I believe. <laughs> Teams were terrible. God, who's this fourth team? Two thousand six. Uh, they broke up by then. have me there's there's one hint I will give you and it probably won't help okay it is someone that I've heard you and prep talk about before who was like not a big name that we like I don't remember I don't remember if you guys liked him but he's come up did you talk about him in a singles division capacity or yeah like as himself Dave like his name has come up Huh. In 06. Mm-hmm. Because there were no tag teams. I just named the three tag teams there were. <laughs> and I think he may have appeared on a throwback show he did, although I would not be able to tell you which one. Yeah, let him give me three weeks in a row. <laughs> uh, uh, and he wasn't in this match with this tag team, but he was in a pretty prominent tag team at one time. At one time in 06. Oh, jeez. Ah. <laughs> uh, did you look it up, Eck? Yeah, I'm I, prepping him talking about it. it not, I don't think he would stumble in this. Right, I don't think so either. That's why I said I don't know if it's even a good hint. I, I guess here. And I, even I, if he gets him, I don't know that he's going to get the other one. No chance. Um, <laughs> all right, so it's a random pairing. And okay. Obviously, I wasn't watching them, so I don't know if these guys did anything. But it is. The guy he's mentioning is from the Ruthless Aggression era, and he was part of a prominent tag team then. His partner is from the Rob New Conway? Generation? No. And maybe even before that. Okay, I'll tap. All right. Jeez, Char- Charlie Haas and Viscera. Ah. <laughs> Would you have ever gotten that? No. All right, well, the extra credit, and I think he believes you will know the answer to this. I'm not sure. Uh, what is Mrs. Character's name in the Marine? I don't know this. I've never <laughs> seen Mrs. Marine movies. I, I thought, saw the first one. I and, thought you and, might because Big E said it. 
No. On Tuesday. You don't. Jake no. Jake Carter. <laughs> okay, no. I saw the first one, and then DB, Ted DiBiase Jr. was in the second one, and that was it. <laughs> you had had your fill by then. Yeah. Um, all right, anything else? Nope. All right, well, do you guys, real quick, we have a couple more minutes. Do you guys want to talk about any Black Friday wrestling merch you picked up? Merch? Not enough, but enough. But we, we definitely, so with the awards coming up, we definitely got the chatter for figure of the year definitely mm-hmm. intensified. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, I hate pro wrestling tees, but they actually shipped my, our order. Um, they also, their, our black Friday purchase from them was on like Tuesday and it shipped out the following Tuesday. Yes. And, uh, WWE shop, they were clutch, but only be- I, I bought from them only because they were $15 cheaper. Actually, no, no, actually, no, 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 I'm right. I'm, la- I'm wrong. They were $28 cheaper. Wow. Than ringside collectibles. Oh, yeah, because it was above retail. Yes. Right? He's going 15 below retail, yeah. We, we, we got, you know, definitely some deals. Definitely, uh, you know, I think we did our normal, you know, holiday, a shirt or two here with the Black Friday. couple wrestling figures, obviously. And then... Because of my love, more hate than love. <laughs> but uh, all in weekend, I was gonna get a few micro brawlers, and I didn't. So any of our listeners, if you got those, uh, you know, I guess they're exclusive to the Pro Wrestling Crate, which Pash used to be a, a subscriptionist to. Um, so I did a couple random ones from them, and I don't know what I got until they come in. Which ones did I give you? Uh, Matt Jackson and Colt Cabana. Okay. I knew it was yeah, one of the I, Jacksons. Yeah, and I, I stocked up on Mitchell and Ness stuff, even as much as I hate them. <laughs> you hate them, but you couldn't pass up a Black Friday deal. No, no. As much as he hates them, he's got 97 pieces. No, because the thing with Mitchell and Ness is I hate – I don't – I'm not a big fan of the quality. In a lot of times with their price points, you can find the original for cheaper, but there's certain ones that you can't – get it cheaper than what Mitchell and Ness, you can't get the original cheaper right than what a Mitchell and Ness cost and Mitchell and Ness was 40% off so I got for example I wanted a black Suns Barkley jersey I, in my size you you cannot find one <laughs> you might see one on eBay <laughs> but it's like it's between 450 and 500 bucks so Mitchell and Ness 40% off I got the black Jason Kidd Suns and I paid 180 and I got a pair of the Lakers shorts, not to just don the shorts, but I got a <laughs> pair of the Lakers shorts, the authentic ones, they're 125 regular, got it for 75 and then the – 75 sun, for some basketball shorts. He's living it up. And then the, uh, the sale got extended to yesterday for Cyber Monday and I got a, uh, a Lakers Shaq 96 jersey. It was – the regular price was already cut down by like – 60 bucks and then on top of that i got another 40 percent off so i got that for like 140 so i just i racked up on that stuff so all in all a successful black friday for for A-Lo. speaking yes. speaking of black friday uh-huh. and due to my alcoholism shout out to the homies at p's and q's i definitely uh <laughs> indulge in their p's and uh, their black friday drop and their in black both friday their p's set. and their q's <laughs> yes 
pints and quarts. Yes, after <laughs> Eric told me he was going to behave, but I guess he didn't. I actually did. I uh, One of my friends, uh, girlfriend seen me on Sunday. She's like, I, I heard you behaved on uh, Friday. I was like, yeah, I'm trying <laughs> to try change my life. <laughs> so all in all, a very successful Black Friday, it sounds like. Yes. Um, all right, I guess that's it. Um, Joel Embiid got a big win tonight. Uh, come on to the show and trust the process with us. What do you got, Alo? Did you sign the, the the petition to ban Kendall Jenner from the Wells Fargo Center? So I didn't, and here's why. <laughs> so I don't like it. Um, and but I'm not I'm not of the mind that like this woman is not allowed there. Like, <laughs> what I would like is I don't need to see her face on the screen every time Ben scores. I don't need to hear Mark Zumoff mention it every time that they show her on the screen. Like, I don't need, like, the, the thirstiness. Like, oh, we have a celebrity here now. Who cares? We're not a celebrity team. It's not a celebrity arena. I'm fine with M. Night Shyamalan being the only celebrity there. I don't need them acting like Kendall Jenner there is a big deal. But... I do believe she should be at least allowed to go in there and watch the game as long as she is dating Ben Simmons <laughs> because she does not have any effect on the outcome of the game. I just don't like seeing it on my TV and hearing Mark Zumoff have to talk about it. Um, so, no, I didn't sign the petition and I wouldn't. And there was a petition against the petition. I don't know if you saw that. <laughs> I did not. <laughs> <laughs> there's another petition going around to like offset the petition. So Sixers Twitter and Sixers fans are definitely in a frenzy over the Kendall Jenner attending Sixers games idea. But while I don't like it and I don't need to see her, I do believe she's allowed to be there. Um, so yes, Joel, if you want to come and trust the process with us, show up here without Kendall Jenner because she's not welcome here. <laughs> um, LeBron, Always the throne waiting for you to do an unsanctioned episode. Uh, subscribe on iTunes, five-star ratings and reviews. Alo, would you like to move some merch? Whatamaneuver.net to embrace the madness. All right. So for Ek2Fly, Eric Trembicki. For Mr. Wednesday Night Live, we call him Alo. The ladies call him Balo, Aaron Lloyd. I am Ron Pashery, and we will see you next week. Hop on the top rope by the land with elbow. Got them now, put them down right now, hit them with the palm handle. Tuning up the band, y'all don't understand. Fist of Superman, it's a summer slam. Here we go again, fans mocking man. Man, I hate my ball, shut the mission, man. It ain't safe to land off the cell. Fans love it, ain't hard to tell. Talking madness, awesome well. What I'm cooking, man, y'all off the smell.